It's the weekend on the Fun Astrology Podcast. I hope you have some good fun plans for yours. Doing astrology readings is mine. (laughs) Trying to get caught up. Boy, you guys are loving these readings, and I love that. Okay, let's talk quickly about what's going on up in the sky, because really the big thing about the weekend is not so much Saturday, but Sunday. Saturday's fairly quiet. It's still, we still have that Jupiter-Neptune square that's been, I think, affecting some things. But that goes on for what? Another, uh, looks like eight, seven, eight days. So we should be clearing that next weekend. We'll give a countdown through the week this week because that's been a big alignment. But for Sunday, full moon, full moon Sunday, 5.09 p.m. Eastern time. Now, I've mentioned what I think is significant about this moon is that two minutes before it goes full, it goes void, of course, in Aries. That's when it has no more aspects in line before it moves into Taurus. Now, the other thing about this particular moon is that it is it just crossed its apogee point on the 10th. So that it means it's farther away from the Earth. So when you consider farther away and void, of course, I'm just wondering kind of the effect that this moon will have. Are there any significant aspects? Yes. Saturn-Pluto and the South Node. Wouldn't you know? (laughs) In fact, it's at a position where it's square to the nodal line. And this is something that I've been talking about in the readings, is if you have a planet square to that nodal axis, and really a picture is worth a thousand words. So if we do the reading and we do the the video, which accompanies every one of them, uh, it's all done on video, so you see everything. Uh, That square puts a little bit of tension or hurdle in that space. So if you've been feeling Saturn-Pluto and you've got a moon in Aries, yeah, I don't care if the moon's a million miles from the Earth, you're going to feel it, (laughs) right? It's like that's an astrological phenomenon that you can take to the bank. It's already a full moon. I mean, my goodness, full moons are full moons. It doesn't matter where they are. I'm just saying, "Mm, this one, let's, let's see what happens. But if Saturn and Pluto is waking on you, which I got to tell you right now, it is waking on me big time, big, big, big time. This has been a tough week. I think I've burned about 30 journal pages in the last four days. You know what I'm doing? I'm just being present to the energy. I'm not resisting it. I'm just, I'm not trying to mask it. I'm just being there with what's there. And then I'm taking notes and I'm doing a lot of kundalini and I'm going inside So those are all my tactics of just being with the energy, thanking it, appreciating it, feeling the pain, feeling the good, and rolling on. Now, I found some interesting stats on this moon. You know when they always call the moon the harvest moon or the strawberry moon or the pink moon? Well, this one is, any ideas? Anybody got it? The hunter's moon. The hunter's moon is the one that comes after the harvest moon, which was last month on the 13th. So this is from Earth Sky. If you uh, don't follow that blog and you're interested in the sky, this is a cool blog that uh, is kind of the the King Kong. Everybody follows it, giving credit where credit is definitely worthy and due. And I know they'd love to have you like them on Facebook and in their um, uh, get subscribed to their newsletter. It's great. I look at it every day. But what is the Hunter's Moon? They say is it just a name? In fact, the Hunter's Moon, like the Harvest Moon, has special characteristics. If you watch where the moon rises, this is interesting now. If you watch where the moon rises along your eastern horizon for the next several days, 
from either the northern or southern hemisphere. That means just about anywhere on the planet. (laughs) You will see the moon rising farther north or left, if you're looking east, on the horizon each day. At northerly latitudes, that means a minimal lag time between successive moon rises. The moon usually rises about 50 minutes later each day. But around the time of the harvest and hunter fall moons, it rises at or near sunset for several nights in a row, with no long periods of darkness between sunset and moonrise. And that, it says, leads to a grand procession of moonlit nights in this season of waning daylight here in the northern hemisphere. Many notice it, have always noticed it, and that's why the harvest and hunter moons are so well known. And now you know. Aren't you glad you listened to this? Yes, but of course. Okay, a couple of more quick little energy points, then we're done for the weekend. The sun is also square Saturn-Pluto. So you've got the moon and the sun across from each other, and you've got some tension with Saturn-Pluto, and you have Venus opposite Uranus, and Mars is opposite Chiron. So what that's all shaping up is there is a lot of karmic work going on right now. If you're feeling it, you are not alone. The host of this little podcast is feeling it too with you. So, yeah, just like I say, grab the journal, go on a long walk. Do what you do to nourish yourself. Do the work. Get in alignment with the energy. Pray. Uh, center. Ground. Some good old kundalini yoga. On my Subconscious Mind Mastery podcast, I'm giving away a little kundalini yoga exercise that I do in the mornings. Uh, If you're interested in that, email me, info at funastrology.com, and I will send it to you. All right? So we'll just, we'll help get you through this because it's great grounding. Really helps you center. Good exercises in there. And a couple you can just do in a chair, too. All right, we'll see you tomorrow, TGI Monday. This energy rolls on into tomorrow as the moon crests and begins waxing in Aries. We'll see you tomorrow.